If you're the kind of person who thinks that all Ferraris are driven by pretentious posers, and yet you still really want one, then this is the podcast for you. And if you think an orange light is a kind of beer you definitely won't like, then this is the podcast for you. I'm Sam. And I'm Nick. And this is Just Just Going going For A Drive. drive. Synchronised. Said at the same time. Why do we do that every time? Ah, cool. Because it's so professional. Yeah, it sounds cool. It's cool. 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 I'm going to edit that so I sound cool. Great. Hey, speaking of uh, orange lights and lights in general. Glug, glug. Glug, glug. And just before we move on, a bit of a shout out to Mel. She thought of that joke. The orange light thing? Yeah. I'd I'd been sort of, I'd been uh, driving us into town and we'd been catching every single orange light. I mean, you know, cutting and swerving and, you know, getting ahead of the dickheads. Yeah. And um, she, after a while, kind of noted, you're driving a little feistily this morning, darling. I said, yeah, it's all those orange lights. Just, you know, it gets my, gets my blood pumping. And then she goes, oh, I, I thought you had, you had a few beers before we left. <laughs> <laughs> Just a few quick orange lights. Yeah, still super comfortable to be in the car. I'm fine. Yeah. I know my levels. Don't drink drive, people. Definitely don't drink that's, drive. Uh, that's it, a message. It's bad Don't do that. Tell us, about, tell us about your orange lights. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw a car the other day. had one of those little stickers on the back of it that said, caution, vehicle stops frequently. Yeah. And it's like, when, when you drive around Adelaide, that sticker is redundant because every vehicle stops frequently. No, no. See, because you're seeing the stickers in Adelaide, you're misreading it. You're used to seeing what you think you're used to seeing. But the Adelaide one says... Those stickers are special because it says caution vehicle stops infrequently. Oh, now that is worthy worthy of a sticker. You've got to keep an eye on those things. They just keep going. You know? Wow. They Through the traffic just, lights. They don't just drive along you know, like a main road and then hit the brakes to let someone in from a side street. Oh, you know what I'm talking so about? So relaxing when people do that. <laughs> that's, that's why the stickers, that's why we don't have those vehicle stop frequently stickers in Adelaide. It's just... Not necessary. It, it's just understood. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken as red. And I clearly misread that. Yeah. Like yeah. people misreading the goddamn road rules. Do you know the people I'm talking about? When you're driving along, like just a two lane, it's kind of busy. I, I did this the other day. I was driving home sort of during peak hour-ish. Yeah. And people are falling all over themselves. To Everyone's got to hit the brakes to let someone through. Yeah. And I like. I think letting people in is great. Oh, sure. It's, very, it's a very good thing to do. We're not very great at it in Adelaide. But you... you but people don't know when to do it, when the time is right. Like, if you if the traffic is flowing smoothly, don't slam on the brakes at that point. The time is not right. The time is not right. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a game show in the 90s, wasn't it? The time is not right. The time is not right. Yeah, that's number wang. <laughs> that was, it was just not right all the time until there was one point in the show where it was right. And then you win a small prize. And then the event happened. Then you win a fridge freezer. It was always white goods back then. <laughs> Remember? you always. I mean, win, that was sort a, of the pinnacle. A, yeah, mm. or, a, or a lawnmower or whatnot. Anyway, we digress. Hey, speaking of game show, I'd like to digress <laughs> a, a little bit further. Just to give a quick shout out to our uh, fellow podcasters, the Gear Knobs. The Gear Knobs. I just, Hi, discovered, Gear them, just discovered them today. Their podcast is funny and interesting and I was listening to one of them and they had this great story about do you remember the it was the Holden Vault but I remember it as the Chevy Vault oh yes the first yeah. the sort of GM electric guitar in the guitar <laughs> electric guitar oh I thought that was an I digress further no no I promise no no further no further digressception but he explained that the Chevy Vault was given away as a prize to someone in Big Brother during the 2000s and it was just the wow, okay, yeah. It was a, a like a shit house car, like a two thousands electric <laughs> car. This big slab sided. It wasn't Prius, yeah. not at all. They've just scratched the brawn sticker off the side. You don't realize that it's just an electric shaver, and only wheels. off one side as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you get like, and most of the you know the battery life is taken up by just the weight of carrying around the extension cord. <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, and so she was kind of like, here's your car. Oh, cool. Is there cash? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's a little safety note that my dad told me the other day uh, with electric cars. Um, we are digressing all over the place. Because when uh, lithium and the other chemical that I can't remember in car batteries, when it burns, it creates its own oxygen. So the fire doesn't go out. 
and when those chemicals burn, they are super toxic. Like you like die in seconds kind of toxic. Oh. So if yeah, just tell me the story of a fireman in a car park. Like <laughs> there's always a safety message. Yeah, like the the car was on fire and the fireman was going to put out the fire like they always do, but sure. like as they do. Didn't realise it was an electric car and so you you can't actually put out an electric car fire because the water doesn't work. Because <laughs> the oxygen is constantly being created. Your power has no the, effect no, here. No, exactly. And uh, yeah, so fire, if you, see a, if you see an electric car on fire, head the other direction. Run. Because that, that uh, that's not a good fire to be a part Especially of. Especially if you're a firefighter. Well, we need you guys. Put, we don't yeah, need. <laughs> put your mask on first, then go. Then send someone then else go. in, and then go. Yeah, and yeah. then go. There stay, was a, there was right a on in the same vein. There was a shipping, a car shipping. I don't know what the word is. Boat ship. Yeah, let's uh, go with boat. It's like yeah. a bit of an Austin Powers moment there. Said was it, was it a boating times. ship? No, no, it was, no, a, it was a shipping ship face. So anyway, there's this anyway, floating tub. Floating tub. Whole bunch of cars on it. The, a fire breaks out on board. Disaster. Disaster. Anyway, they. Because it, the cars are below deck, eventually it gets to a point where it's safe to start pulling cars out of this thing. And when it's completely big, sunk? What do you have, mean when it's safe? Oh, no, no. Like, the, the ship is above water, but the fire is out. And they pull out this um, Mercedes EV on a crane, oh. right? And as soon as the car comes out from below deck and gets in contact with oxygen again, boom, it catches on fire again. <laughs> <laughs> can't put, put these it things, back. Can't put these fires put out. Put it back. Um, Worst skill tester prize ever. ever. <laughs> Daddy, uh, I want the Pokemon. It's on fire. Put it back. What's the flaming Pokemon called? I want that one. <laughs> Flamo. Uh, <laughs> Flamesarid. I don't do Pokemon. Let's get back on track. So today... So we're just going for a drive. No, traffic lights. Traffic lights. Speaking of stopping your drive... I like it how we uh, we digressed to complain about people letting things in, and then we just let each other in. <laughs> Do you know what? That's kind of that's the spirit of the show. Yeah, we're just going for a drive, and maybe you know when you go for a nice drive. <laughs> I'm digressing again. When you go for a nice drive, and you just see a see a road that you haven't been down before. Oh, I wonder what's down there. Curious. Yeah, head out, head on down. Worth the effort. Might be a little farm. Might be roadworks. Might be the end of this podcast. Might be a huge pothole. <laughs> Yeah, so traffic lights. This is an interesting fact I found out um, a little while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the traffic lights in Adelaide, I always got frustrated because you you have to stop at every single one of them because for people that are unaware, people listening from outside of Adelaide, hello, listeners. Hello. Um, our traffic lights in this city are not synchronized. And by that I mean when you're driving in a straight line, when your light goes green, the next light, sometimes only 20 meters away, that's not that those lights aren't talking to each other, so you have to stop at that light. So you're, you're constantly stopping. And I'm, I was complaining about this as I so often do, and I, I didn't know at the time, but I was, I was thinking, I was speaking with this guy, and he said, "Oh, I used to work for the traffic authority, and I oversaw those lights." Yeah. And, and after you punched he, him in the face, after he got off the floor, <laughs> he explained to me that that's intentional. They deliberately. Program the light so you can never go through more than three at once, so that it kind of breaks people's spirit. So they they see that there's no point in speeding because you're going to be stopped anyway. So why drive fast? I fucking knew it. Yeah, exactly. I knew was there was planned a planned the whole time, and it's especially galling in Adelaide because the design of the city is a grid, and so on the main kind of roads through the city, you can see from one end on, on a. You know, on a sort of a trafficless day, you can see from almost one end of the city to the other. Yeah. And there are times when you see just green lights all the way. And you, part of you goes, time to floor it. Yeah. Time to you fast can never and make furious. it. But, uh, yeah, you know, being comedians as we both are, sometimes we're driving out of the city late at night. Mm. And, um, oh, that's the most frustrating thing of all because there is no traffic. So you just, you have to stop at each light. And then wait for the sequence to go through even and let no other cars go through because there are no other cars on the road. It's just you because there was no audience. It's just us <laughs> yeah. trying to get home. Let us home. Yeah, we're more uh, free-range comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Parks, just city streets. Yeah, we just we just like shouting. Shouting yeah. at strangers. Um, ah, traffic lights. Ah, traffic lights. Where were we? Uh, Ferraris. Hey. Were we at Ferraris? We were talking about Ferraris. You you were saying, 
if you oh, think I that everyone who drives a Ferrari is a dickhead. Pretentious poser I used. And I was pretentious careful with my words. Poser. Oh, sorry. Uh, He's a pretentious poser. Not to, not to use swears. But you still want one. Then this yeah. is the podcast for you. Yeah. I, yeah. They're such an aspirational thing, the Ferrari, aren't they? You're just like, oh, they look beautiful. But whenever you see someone driving, you, you can't help but, oh, wanker. <laughs> And not even wanker. You you look at them, and as we do, we make a study of this. Next time, if you're lucky enough to see someone driving a Ferrari, have a good look at the person driving. I guarantee you they will look either just indifferent or actively unhappy. Yeah. It Ferrari drivers seem so unhappy all the time. They, they are kind of the antithesis of Lamborghini. Yes. You know what I mean? They're, kind of, they're in the same ballpark, those two manufacturers, but Lamborghini, fun. Ferrari, serious. We were having uh, lunch in the hills a few months ago and in Harndorf and it was very nice and it's quite a little touristy town and we were sort of sitting out the front and cars drive up and down. So people take their vintage cars. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Car, it's, it's, good, spot, good for car spotting. You'll always see something interesting when you were there. And when we were there, do you remember up drives a, a grey Lamborghini? Yes, a yeah, little, I remember. Um, a little V10, pretty sure it was the Gallardo. Yes, it was. A little Super Ligera. Yeah, you're right. And up it came in a parallel park. Everyone's looking. The engine's yeah. noisy. and two Everyone's young, smiling. Everyone's smiling. Whoa, kind of nudging. And two young men got out and they, they just looked like they were having the best time. Yeah. They were sort of like they were feeling cool and they had great hair and yep. sort of no socks. I remember and, them. Yeah. But if that had been a Ferrari. Scowls. Scowl. And they would have got out of the car looking a bit unhappy. And it wouldn't be the same thing. And they wouldn't have left it. They just parked the car and left. Yeah, Ferrari drivers are very protective. Like, you know, oh, I like to keep mine clean, but I like, I'm happy to park on the street and leave it alone. But yeah, Ferrari drivers, yeah. What is it? Actually, that's a good point. I've seen many a Lamborghini on the side of the road. Well, not many, but some. <laughs> More than just, oh, there's a Ferrari parked there. Yeah, you never. It's very rare to see a Ferrari left unattended. They're always wearing those sort of, you know those white gloves that they have in snooker? <laughs> I don't know what the referee in snooker is called. Let's call them the snooker ref. <laughs> those white gloves, they're always driving in those sort of things, open the doors. Because... The billiard bouncer, no. Yeah. No. Well, anyway, I think why they're always so protective of them is because you really do have to treat your Ferrari with kid gloves because they seem to be very... They're owned by Fiat now, so it's appropriate. They seem to be very poorly made. Still. Like, even now, like they look beautiful, but they seem to... You know, whenever you see a, see a review or anything, we haven't, we haven't driven them ourselves. But Not when, you, when you see others drive the, the new Ferraris, always something goes wrong with them. Always. Like brand new cars rolling off the factory floor and stuff goes wrong all the time. So that people, you have to treat them with kid gloves. I've never really understood that expression because... Kids, in the term of goats, would be very scratchy. Well, not when you kill them and skin them and get their nice, nice soft leather. I'll just use these hooves to open this Ferrari. <laughs> it would fall apart. Those are those are different kind of gloves, different kind of car. That's for a, that's for a Toyota Land Cruiser. You could open that with a antler, with a with a boot. Yeah, that used to be the key, I think. Oh, the, the boot, Land yeah. Cruiser. <laughs> but I've been a you know like a reader and a view, re, you know consumer of car reviews. For mm. decades, I've and I like to read old ones. I've I'm yet to read a Ferrari review that goes, "They've done it. They've finally made a Ferrari that doesn't break the moment you sit in it. The air conditioning works. The windscreen wipers don't flap on the window. It just words never yeah. used in a Ferrari re- review. Reliable, <laughs> solid, no consistent. Yeah, they <laughs> cover it with words like passionate and emotion." Fire. Yeah. It's, oh, it's a real expression of poor made cars. But I still kind of want one. God, so <laughs> badly. I, yeah. I, I think if, you know, when we do our what are your most beautiful cars of all time lists, that's definitely yeah, an upcoming episode. Be on, on the horizon. Ferrari will be a couple of them. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Certainly. Just a wow. But yeah, I find that Ferrari is a little bit, some of the cars, too pretty. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to have real beauty comes with imperfections. Yeah. That's why, you know, like 
back in the day, like beauty marks were a thing because you have to have something that's imperfect. So the little can, Cindy Crawford spot. Yeah, the Cindy Crawford spot, the yeah. Marilyn Monroe spot. You have to have something that is not perfect to notice the rest of the perfection. Because if it's eye. all perfect, it mm. becomes blurry and like, it's yeah, it doesn't stir, it doesn't make you smile like a Lamborghini makes you smile. Like, oh, wow, Ferrari's just like, yeah, that's really nice. But Lamborghini is, is different. It's yeah. a real like, yeah. It's, it's, Gorgeous. I think. What is it about Ferraris that make, yeah, that make the owners mean? And if yeah. you're a Ferrari owner and you're like, that's not me, well, then send us a message and Please prove let us, us wrong. Know. Yeah. <laughs> send us an angry message and Seems, prove us wrong. Yeah, yeah. Send us a funny joke, Mister Ferrari. Hey, I've got a a, a a story about a mean Ferrari driver. <sighs> Straight from the horse's mouth. When I was when I was a lad and living in my hometown, I don't know why I'm talking like this. When I was uh, when I was a kid, down my street lived a. <laughs> I had two friends who were also. I was about nine or ten, and I had two friends: one who lived on one end of the street, one who lived on the other end of the street. Both of whom were called Michael. One was <laughs> one was tall and one was small, so I called them Big Michael and Little Michael. This story is about Little Michael. Okay. Little oh, Michael. good. I thought we were going to talk about Big Michael. No, not that. That story time. ends badly. No. Yeah, that was a bit sad, really. Oh, so Michael. Little Michael and I, you know, we're riding bikes, uh, having fun. We're boys and the, the suburban kids. It's I- idyllic. Little Michael's mum is a single mum, but she's out there. She's dating. And for a while, she had a boyfriend who drove a Ferrari. Wow. And when you when you are still wearing short trousers, a Ferrari is something else, isn't it? It. It you, does something to you. Yeah, you yeah, you, you drop your water pistol and you <laughs> and you and you blame that stain on the water pistol. You immediately go home and start doing the maths homework because you know yeah. you know, how many how many paper rounds do I need to do to if I <laughs> And I mean and we're not even really kidding that much. There's so many no. stories that have people driving, you know, Ferraris or you know, their favorite amazing supercar that all start with them going Man, when I was a nine-year-old kid, one drove by, and now I'm different. Yeah, that's how beautiful Ferraris are and can be. Yeah, I don't remember what kind this was. I don't think it was super special. It might have been like a 308. If you're picturing mm. a Ferrari, picture one. Uh, a red wedge. Red wedge. You you can just picture one. It doesn't really matter. A slice of red Leicester. And the reason it doesn't matter is because I saw it. I remember seeing it drive by to drop uh, Michael's mum off. She was kind of she had hair. She's blowing in the breeze. It was a bit of a convertible or a oh, T-top okay. kind yeah, of nice. thing. So yep. he opened the roof and he had sunglasses on. So he could really see the driver's miserable face. He frowned. I remember him looking like he was concentrating, but I was concentrating on the car too. I don't remember him waving. Certainly not. Yeah. So he yeah. drops the mum off and doesn't hang around for the you know the, her nine-year-old son to go. Wow, a Ferrari. Yeah. Like, yeah. St- like Do- stage one doesn't arsehole. give like a minute to just just Nothing. have a look at it for a moment. Didn't even I, I don't remember hearing the engine noise. Probably he drove away sedately. Oh. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> chapter two. I'm having a sleepover at little Michael's house, but we've also been invited to the mum's been invited to the boyfriend's house for dinner. Okay, so she's going to. Her boyfriend's house, who owns the Ferrari, lives in North Adelaide, fancy suburb of Adelaide, and she's bringing along her son and me, her son's friend. We're nine-year-old boys. You're going to the the home that has a Ferrari in it. You can't believe your luck. I couldn't be more excited. I still remember just we didn't really pester about it because there was already a bit of an aura of like, don't pester. You He's know. a bit touchy about his Ferrari. And you know what? Like People who are a bit mean around kids... They red are not flag. good people, and not a not a you know Scuderia Rosso red flag either. Just, no, no, nah. boo, boo yeah. hiss. Anyway, we get to the house. It's a very nice house. We get in. We're hanging around. The boyfriend's like, "Hmm, kids, I don't like finally, this guy." Finally, like we, there's a bit of elbowing, and finally, there's a bit of like, "Can we go and can we go and look at the Ferrari? It's in the garage." Oh my god, we can go and see it. We are wow. shown into the garage briefly. We're not allowed to touch. We are also not allowed to take off the car cover. <laughs> he didn't even lift it for you. No. Didn't even lift a corner. No, we were just told not to touch and then left alone briefly for a few minutes. And I think uh, one of us might have plucked a corner, maybe seen a tire. 
Uh, it was a wedge-shaped kind of camel-coloured car cover. So you're just looking at a car cover. I'm looking at a car cover. What a mean-spirited person. See, that would never happen. This proves my point. That would never happen with a Lamborghini owner. In a Lamborghini. Look at that thing. You Get would in be, it. We would We would have both been strapped into the single passenger seat. It'll yeah, be all right, love. Exactly. I'll just take him round the block. Yeah, because even opening the door on a Lamborghini is an event. Does your, an Aventador. <laughs> ah, that's why they're called that. Ah, of course. Because yeah, that big vent in the middle of them. And the door. <laughs> it's got everything. But yeah, like you open up the scissor door. Like, oh, how many Ferraris have scissor doors? I can't even think of any. On purpose? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so rusty. Yeah. So you, Do you so know you, what he reminds me of? Another famous mean Ferrari owner? Who's that? Cameron's dad from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ah, oh, again. It just hit me. The whole movie wow, is about yeah. what a mean fucking oh. asshole Cameron's dad is. And what an amazing car that was. And I'm so glad they took it out. I'm not glad that it ended in the ravine. And a little bit of car nerdy knowledge, wasn't a, that wasn't the Ferrari. Yes. They didn't destroy amazing. one of 25 250 GTO Californias. Unlike in the movie... Come on. The original, the Italian job. Yes. Where they're driving up this uh, windy mountain road somewhere in somewhere in Italy. I'm imagining it's in the south in the Dolomites or something. Molto bene. And they stop it with they stop it with bulldozers and they push off this cliff like vintage Jaguars and original minis, thereby driving the price of the remaining ones up exponentially, so yeah, that now no one can afford them. Oh, that was. That was tough to watch, actually. Hard to watch. Yeah. No, I love I, I love Ferraris. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm always yeah, on right. I love Lamborghini. I love more, of course. But every like I've got my favorite kind of Ferrari. I I covet. The Testarossa? No. What are you going for? The two fifty GT. GTO. Oh. It's a twelve cylinder. It was in the nineteen sixties. It, it is curvilicious. It was recently knocked off the pedestal as the world's most expensive car. Yeah. By <laughs> the Mercedes Goldwing SL. Uh, yeah, the Uhlenhaut Coupe, which is yeah. uh, oh, it's $100 million. I'm sure it is, but who, who, what, who, what money changed hands to whom? Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. But what, no, what I, I just think they're gorgeous. Like it's a little, yeah. it's a little V12 with carburetors, which means it just sucks in the... <sighs> And there's you know there's noise yeah. coming out the back and it's oh. red and there's leather seats. Oh. Yeah, that's a that's Thin a car. Steering that, wheel. That's a car you fall in love with instantly, isn't it? There's that famous. There's a famous video of Phil Hill, who is a race car driver for Ferrari, of his son driving one of those. Yes, fifty million dollars. Let's call it that. It's a fifty million dollar car up a mountain road. The road is closed. They make that very clear in the video. Yep. But he is. Banking it. Oh, good on him. That's the reason I love them. And you could sit sitting inside. He's wearing driving gloves, but that's it. Because it's a Ferrari. You yeah, can't it's a Ferrari. touch it with your skin. It would dissolve. Right. And he's just really hooting along in this unimaginably gorgeous, unimaginably expensive yeah. car. Wow. Ferraris. I bought a Ferrari. Lego Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. And it turned out not to be Lego. I bought it off of eBay. I was that's like, just... oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> classic Lego. Most Lego is is hundreds of dollars, and this one's seventy. I yeah. I bet it's real Lego. Yeah, we we'll have to say uh, that's a Lego for our interstate listeners. Oh yeah, this and uh, this was neither. This was Mega Mega Brooks. <laughs> it wasn't a Meccano. Not even. Those? Yeah. No, I mean you know how Lego always fits together, no matter when it's made. Yeah. Uh, this stuff, it didn't even fit together with itself, but I've still got it. Yeah. It's got the right. engine yeah. in it. That's kind of kind of fitting in a way because like Legos. From- maybe it wasn't Lego. Maybe it was a. Lit- maybe it's an actual Ferrari from the factory. Yeah. <laughs> we made toys at one stage. They. Um- <laughs> oh, it could be worth a few few quid now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of design, let's 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 talk a different kind of design. Yeah. Actually, before we move on to okay. our next topic, mm. let me just very very briefly bring up a car that we both saw today. In digital form, the Maserati Mexico, yeah. uh, a nineteen sixty eight Maserati Mexico. It's been ref- it's been re- refurbished. It is a beautiful car. This I is mean, the kind of car that. This is the reason I like that 
Ferrari GTO. It's a long bonnet. It's yeah. from the 60s. A lot of chrome. Little details. The wood dashboard, wooden steering wheel, blue leather inside, which we talked about colours last week. Yes. And blue leather would normally turn me the other way. But this just made sense. Celeste blue on the outside. Just, ah. Oh. Why is it called Mexico? Neither of us know or care. Who knows? Because the the boot can probably... The boot, the boot was lined with quilted leather so that your cocaine can yes. travel in luxury. Yes, please. Ah, oh, my and days. Actually, the nicest thing, when you see those sort of vintagey kind of 60s beautiful cars, oh, yeah. that'll be fantastic. What's pushing it along? And sometimes it's like, well, it was a 2.1 litre. Uh, yeah. Four-cylinder engine, so it was a bit agricultural. No, no, this is a four-litre V8 Correct. made by Maserati. Yeah, a Maserati made, oh, my days. It, God, it what, sound a, what a machine. Yeah. I mean, um, I was imagining myself driving it and I feel, oh, I loved it so much. But, it, you know, it's not going to be as comfortable as a 2023 Toyota Corolla. But look at the thing. It's no. so beautiful. And actually, no, I disagree. I think you would be sitting in it and the comfort you would feel all the way down into your metaphysical soul yeah. would be much, much greater than I'm in a Corolla. You know what? You're absolutely right. And the air conditioning works. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need air conditioning. You've got you've got a 1968 Maserati Mexico. You don't need to feel cool. Ah. Oh, ah, cool. You are cool. Ah. Oh, that puts a smile on your face. <laughs> if you're the kind of person who texts car stuff to another person, well... Brothers and sisters, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's uh, my social media. I send things to one person at a time. That's me. <laughs> Very often. Anyway, if our you're next the kind topic. of person who sends things to people via text, then you're probably in your 40s or heading north of there. <laughs> yeah. Text? What's that? Yes, these cars have cassette players. No, I think there was an... No, I don't think this even had a cassette player. No. 1968. No, you would uh, just sing. Yeah. Mm. You would just... And and the, the little 1968 touch, which I particularly enjoyed, was the fact that in both doors, it was a two-door, both doors had an ashtray in the... In the door, and also in the rear console in the back, just for baby, there's a little ashtray there as well. Baby's first ashtray. (laughs) See, Maserati, they used to think of everything. Yeah, they thought ahead. They wanted wanted to get people hooked, hooked early, just like tobacco companies. Yeah. Ah, Uh, times have changed. Speaking of change, what are we talking about now? We are talking about something that occurred to me quite a while ago, is that the, the strange thing about... British car design is that Britain is where just conservatism, conservatism, yeah, and also the English language comes from. The where? <laughs> Correct. It's, it's where it's where you know conservative British values come from. Well, where Weak else tea, would they come from? Grey cardigans, grey skies, stiff upper lips. Yes. Grey socks. I'm just describing what he's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> you you've, you got me. <laughs> got me banged to rights there. Definitely not pushing in. No, no, no. Queuing. queuing. We love a queue. Love a queue. Love a queue. Um, soot. Uh, <laughs> cute little accents. But my point is, this should be a, a fairly kind of staid conservative conservative cars. Nation. Yeah, and, and you would expect the cars to be the same. However, the most bonkers, beautiful cars, arguably ever made, all come from Britain. I absolutely agree. Keep your Ferraris on the sunny continent. They're gorgeous, but <laughs> yeah. not. Not the, they are they are gorgeous, but British cars are bonkers, and that's what I love about them. Let's um, let's have let's have a talk about some of them. Look, the the most bonkers one. If you're sort of into cars, you'll you'll know this car brand. It's TVR. TVR. These these cars, you look at them, and they look like they come out of a movie where insects are running the world, and also kind of designing cars to look like themselves. Exactly. And I mentioned this, I think, on a previous podcast, that my favorite ever line in a movie was John Travolta telling Hugh Jackman, learn when Hugh Jackman can't drive a car. And everyone everyone who doesn't know TVR must have been just watching this film going, why can't Hugh Jackman drive a car? It's just a car. It was not just a car. It was a TVR. And those things are hard to drive. The, the door handle is under the wing mirror. Think about that. That's just one example. Walk up to your car, <laughs> grab the wing mirror, and now try and open the door. No, no. It opens just normally. Correct. Yeah. 
There's no weird hinge. The handle is built into the mirror. <laughs> they are insane. You, you know, you get into a car and most cars, you've got your indicator stalk either on the right if it's Japanese or on the left if it's European. That's it. TVR is probably like a button in the glove box. You know, it's they are bonkers. Actually, there is, there is a button in the middle is where the indicator stalks are. This is where the indicator goes. You're Absolutely driving. Absolutely insane. And leaves the wheel. It presses the button. Through the wheel. It has to reach through the wheel to touch it on the steering column. But <laughs> if this... Look, if this hasn't convinced you of... If you're imagining an ugly car, think about all this crazy stuff we're describing. Think again. And you would put up with a lot of it because look at the thing. They are just oh. crazy. They look like a couple of like Japanese calligraphy brush strokes. Oh, They always yeah, come yeah, in yeah. like... Good way of describing Luminous it. blue or, you know, sort of red. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I don't think I've ever seen one in white or black. No. They are like a, a deep maroon maybe with that speckle going through it. Bright blue. They're just... Yeah. They are uh, made by by someone making a film, not making cars. And keep keep all this in mind as Sam tells you what TVR stands for. Have a little guess. TVR. What could the R stand for? V's a cool, V's a cool letter. They use that in, in car names. TVR stands for, well, it doesn't stand for anything. It's a shortening of the man who makes the cars. He is called Trevor. <laughs> I love that fact. TVR, Trevor. Now, I had to confess to Nick that we don't do research on this podcast. This is just purely making stuff up from things that we remember. But I did go and check this. The man who started the TVR company is called Trevor. Yeah, that is, that's a great fact. And I'm glad you did research that because I don't think I would have believed you otherwise. <laughs> My other favourite TVR fact is the most famous TVR was called the Speed 12. Because? Because it it's a dangerously fast car they built, one or two of. It has a 7-litre V12 engine. <laughs> that's the, the reason. It was so powerful, they don't know. They put it on a dyno, which is where you, you it's like a rolling row. You put it on a car on a couple of rollers and it speeds tells you up how, and it tells you how powerful it is. Yep. It kept breaking the dynos, so they would they had to shut down half of the cylinders, just six of the cylinders, and test one side of the cylinder banks and then add it add them together. Wow. That's how incredibly crazy it is. It's rear wheel drive, there's no traction control. <laughs> this was by design. This is Trevor is nuts. <laughs> Trevor, like all British manufacturers. Not like all of them. Like most of them. Most of them. Is bonkers. And oh, I just love the bonkers car. Jaguar. Jaguar. Those are my next Good. two. The E-Type. Yeah. One of the most beautiful cars ever. It's hard to it's hard to think of a more beautiful car. It's got a long bonnet and sure, might be a bit penis-y, but like... I tell you, if, if penises did look like this car, you wouldn't forget chat-up lines. You'd just be like, look... They would make more cars. <laughs> yeah, like they'd this. make more cars. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. They, actually, they would make a far less cars like this. <laughs> oh, it looks just like one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd only be able to drive them after uh, like 9 p.m. After bedtime. Yeah, after bedtime. And bed. yeah, everyone's safely tucked away, away from the, the disgusting E-type. Oh. <laughs> Filth. They're, I mean, they're hilarious, the, the E-types. They're... Well, they were owned by movie stars and they came out and the world just kind of, you know, the world changed after that. It came out in the 60s. Yeah, of course. And before that, everything changed. was a bit like, a bit blocky or kind of a bit lantern headlights. Yeah, it was and still a bit close to the World War II for comfort. People were still taking things a bit seriously. Mm. Rationing was, you know, it was only winding off in the 50s. So when the 60s came in, whoa. And someone went wow. nuts and designed, yeah, designed the E-Type. Yeah. And, and then... Later on, I remember when this came out in the 90s, another, mm. like, I think this might be the most striking car I'd, I'd ever seen. It's called the XJ220. And it's got, no, you, you see that thing, it's got no right to be, you know, you can't imagine this pootling along on a B road in the UK, but, and it probably doesn't. It's it probably motor. It's more than two metres wide. It's, it's a, wide. about five metres long. But only like 30 centimetres high. I'm exaggerating, but it's a low car. It- I remember the first time I saw it, I was I read, was reading the Australian newspaper, because that's what all 10-year-olds do. <laughs> um, but they the magazine dropped out, and on the front cover of the magazine was literally just... I don't know how that got in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my dad's. Uh, was just a silhouette photo of just the front 
just the front half of this thing. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was I was absolutely mesmerized. I think I tried to keep the magazine, but like it was just newspapers and people threw it away. Of course. But the low swoopy wedge of this of this XJ two headlights built incredible. into the swoop. Yeah. Yeah. Please, like if you if you can't picture it, go and go and Google one of one of them. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we are not doing that justice by describing it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um. What what else are we talking? We're talking McLaren. McLaren. Don't love them. Don't love them, but, but also wow. Every time I see one, I'm like, oh, that that cool, swoopy, googly I, sort of like. And like Lamborghini, they have a ridiculous scissor door, and it's always an event to see them. And like you know, we've we've sat in them a few times, yeah. and like they that it's it's cool to get in there. It's really like it's really enclosed cockpit, and it's a supercar. It's, it, it yeah. is a supercar, but um, they're bonkers. They're all kind of swoopy, wavy lines coming out of. The country that invented the the muffin, <laughs> the pudgy muffin. More potatoes? Oh yes, please. Salt? Oh, oh no, no, no! It's after. No more. thanks. I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, McLaren's another one. Oh, I saw this last week. I think I came across this. It's, this is a new car. Yeah, and this is the other thing in the UK. They are making cars now that look like they are. Post-war cars, like so the Morgan. skinny tyres, the Morgan, tires, the Morgan yeah. but also oh. before the Morgan, before we get on to Morgan, oh. the Pembleton, the Pembleton T24. That's right, yeah. It's got a, a Moto Guzzi two-cylinder engine. It's a motorbike engine. It's a motor, motorbike mm. engine. And that engine sits, where does it sit? In front of the bonnet. It's not even in the car. It sits in front of the bonnet. Most cars have bumpers. Yeah. This one has motorbike engines. Motorbike engine <laughs> plonked at the front of the car. And on either side of this uh, V-shaped two-cylinder engine is two what look like motorbike tires to match the motorbike engine. And it only needs a motorbike um, engine because the car weighs 361 kilograms. British insanity. So It's so light. I mean, it's, it's the weight of, let's say, two Americans and... It, this and oh, it's one got, big one. One big one. It's got a, it's got a, it's got a waterproof boot, and ah, all cars have waterproof boots. Yes, but they have to Concerning. make a special mention about this because the rest of the car is not waterproof. There's no roof, and there's no option for a roof. And in a country that experiences how much rainfall? Almost daily. Almost daily. <laughs> the Lotus Esprit, you know, the one that goes underwater in James Bond. Mm. You know, the one that. Richard Gere picks up Julia Roberts in in Pretty Woman. I've never seen Pretty Woman, but is that does he get a Lotus Esprit in that as well? Rom, he roars up and he impresses the fuck out of her, and I don't know, maybe her, but definitely me. We, <laughs> I was telling you this off air that when I see the the Lotus Esprit, this kind of low wedge mm. shaped sports car, yeah. I get more excited looking at that than I do when I look at a sort of a comparable Ferrari. If you want a low wedge shape. Lotus Esprit. And you don't want any kind of reliability whatsoever. No. <laughs> yeah. They are. They are not well made. But, no. But, but on the outside. Yeah. Mwah. Magnifique. Magnifique. Yeah. Don't stand too close when someone shuts the door because you'll hear that death rattle and you just think, oh, did someone shut a filing cabinet? You might or... actually get hit by no. a nail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ricochets off. You were saying earlier when they um, drove it, drove the Lotus Esprit into the water in James Bond. You you have a theory that that wasn't part of this part of the movie. Yeah, that yeah. Was, they, no, when they when the Lotus actually hits the water, all that filming under there, that was all improv. <laughs> all improv. Lotus mechanics on the side go. What are you doing? That bit shouldn't fall <laughs> off. Kind of looks kind of looks like a fin in it. Is that how they talk? It was in some parts. Certainly. Some parts, yeah. <laughs> the parts where they're pretending to be from South London. British car design. I can just appreciate yeah. bonkers. The, the uh, yeah, I love the idea of Bentley. Just... Those huge, kind of insane, so castles big of cars. D- yeah, it's, yeah, castle of car. I haven't heard it described in that way, but that is very accurate. Mm. It's like driving around in a castle. I mean, you don't have quite the amount of arches as you might in an old medieval castle, but you've got the weight, certainly. Yeah. They are, yeah. They are, and the prestige. They are heavy things. Yeah. And, you know, in, um, in South Africa, and I believe maybe the United Arab Emirates also, you can buy your Bentley, as is necessary in countries such as these, you can buy your Bentley completely bulletproof as well. Oh. Adding... Another three tons to an already heavy car. Unnoticeable, though, with the with massive, a massive V12, <laughs> V12 sitting at the front of it. 
dragging along six tons of car. I mean, you may as well drive a tank. Just stay in your actual castle. Yeah, stay in your actual castle, which you also must have if you're driving a Bentley in Johannesburg. I mean... You need a reinforced castle garage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Talk about a gated community. It's a gated house. Yeah. I I think it's just called uh, fortifications. Yeah. get to that level. Yeah. So so we've got we've got Bentley. We've also got Lotus. We've got more. Oh, have we have we discussed Morgan? Let's talk about Morgan in detail. Morgan is the kind of if you if you want to just pop on car sales, search up Morgan, and then be completely shocked at at how recently made all at the, the cars year are. built. Yeah, because yeah. they build cars now with with um. I believe they source all their engines and transmissions now from BMW, and they are new BMW engines and new BMW transmissions. <laughs> I so, like how emphatic you were about that. Like, yeah, just like, okay, just know people. Like they're not refurbished. No, they're not, <laughs> they're refurbished. not refurbished. They haven't cheaped out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wrapping around these new BMW components is a car that looks like it's made in 1940s. At like the latest. At the latest. Yeah. Super skinny tires. Lantern headlights, like separate headlights that just hang out the front. That you need to go and light with a match before you get back into the car. Or a taper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You need to get your Batman to light them first and then... And then crank the crank to start yeah. the engine. Yeah, there's no key. It's, it's weird that BMW still makes it with a crank foot, but I guess they do. They do. They'll, they'll do whatever the That's customer nice. asks for. Yeah. yeah, British car design. I, I I love them. And I love the fact that the interiors are so British as well with those big fat leather seats and like... Wood. Yeah, wood everywhere. Everything seems to say sort of this is what prestige is in a country that has a, definitely has a royal family. Absolutely. In fact, my my grandma had a car in the UK, and when when she went over puddles, water would come up through the bottom of the car. Was the car broken? Why was that? Because the car had floorboards. <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. The bottom of the car was floorboards. Driving around, you're driving around like. Are you, know, you much older than I thought you were, or what's going on here? No, this is no, absolutely yeah. true. Okay. I don't think I don't think she bought it from you, but nonetheless, this is a. I I wish I knew what kind of car it was, but it had floorboards. It was the kind with floorboards. Yeah, yeah. You know that. You know when you're driving around in a luxury car, it's like, oh, it's like driving around in a living room. This was like driving around in a living in an actual living room, but just any kind of living any room. Any living room yeah. with floorboards. People always mean a nice living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's taken as read that you mean a nice living room. And this is a nice living room, but living rooms aren't meant to be driven around. No, they get a bit wet, splashy, yeah. especially like we were saying in the UK, it's wet almost all the time. Yeah. Ah, British cars. Hey, look, let's move on to our next our next section. All right, let's uh Let's talk about... We quite often... We have a driving section mm. in Just Going for a Drive. And we... I this think we spent a lot of section. it complaining about driving. Mm. So we thought we'd flip it up this episode with not just nice drives, but what's what's your best drive ever? The singular best drive yeah. you've ever done? A great question. Shall I start? Go. Okay. Well, I think the best drive that I've ever done, singular best drive, is a drive between Canberra and a little town called Mollymook. Oh, adorable. Yeah, that's right. Now, Does it really exist? It really exists. Right. I'm, I'm sure this exists and I didn't just dream it. But uh, Mollymook or Mollymook, I'm not sure on the pronunciation. I'm not great at pronunciation of these towns. Is about two hours north of Sydney. Everyone knows where Sydney is. No, sorry. I tell about a lie. south of Mollymook. I tell a lie. It's not north of Sydney. South of Sydney. Ah, shit. Sorry, <laughs> I ruined it. No, two hours south of Sydney, Mollymook. Now, the great thing about Mollymook is, is it's on the coastline, and so one side is coast, the other side, Blue Mountains. Ooh. So you want, yeah, and uh, this is in a Toyota Corolla. Now, I'm going, this is, this is how scant regard we have in this country for distance. I'm driving to Mollymook, which is a two-hour drive from Canberra, for dinner, <laughs> there and back. But the scenery and why this drive is so special is the is the actual roads. You know how when you see a, a car commercial and they're always driving on these beautiful roads and it suckers you in, yeah. like, oh, I'd love that car. My Captiva's no, going to be great when yeah. I get it. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely oh, taking it on the road to Molly Mook. Yeah. And, you know, 99% of the time you're commuting to and from work or essential <laughs> things. Yeah. You're in the city. You're not in these roads. This is an occasion I'm on these roads. I'm in a Toyota Corolla. None finer. Yeah. And it's it's just that, I mean, every corner was a beautiful corner. Like, what's the, what's the, cambered. Ah, like yes. That cambered corner. The lean so, on the road. So you lean in towards each corner like you're in a velodrome. Every corner is cambered and there's, when you're going up the, up the hill, because you know, you don't just drive to Canberra to Mollymook in a straight line and go up and over the Blue Mountains. You have to, you have to wind because the mountains are so big. Mountainy. Mountainous. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the term. And as you're winding your way through these mountains, you're getting glimpses through the trees, through the dappled light coming th- from the sun, through the trees, and you, every now and again, you glimpse the glistening ocean oh. through the. So you've got beautiful forest on one side, and the ocean on the other side, and it was just an absolutely stunning drive. And you, it's one of those times where you, you don't even you know when you're on the the highway or something, and you're like, oh, I need to listen to the radio or or just going for the drive podcast to get me through this highway drive. What's my favorite episode? Yeah. Uh, what's my top four? Yeah. <laughs> There's difficult. Difficult conversations that you have on the highway. None of that. The radio is off. I'm just enjoying the drive. And it's such a, a rare treat to like be on those those roads of your dreams. It's uh, yeah. The drive from Canberra to Mollymook, I recommend it highly. Um you don't need to eat dinner. The whole time I mean How was dinner? Dinner was dinner was great. It was at you know, Rick Stein, it's quite a famous sure. chef. Yeah. It was his restaurant anyway. And uh the I remember the food being Great, I really enjoyed it. But the whole meal, all I'm thinking is like, I get to drive back. <laughs> I get to drive back right after this. I'm driving back. And a um, two-hour drive. That's I've done two-hour drives to various sort of bits. It it gets grueling. The first hour is fun. The second half, the that second half of the second hour is just drag. Yeah, that's why you get the, that combo because I I do really enjoy listening to podcasts and. Well, in the Corolla, CDs. So it had that sort of contrast, like you get the, the windy roads back out from Molly Mook, back up from the ocean, over the Blue Mountains, just just enjoying the drive, listening to the, like you can actually wind down the windows, hear the bird song, because there's, oh. there, yeah, there's heaps of, heaps of wildlife in the mountains. So, yep, drive careful, watch out for kangaroos. But then once you're on the other side of the mountains, then you're, you're on that little boring stretch in between mountain and Canberra, pop on the... Pop on the radio, you just ah, oh, I Pop love on it. Just going for a drive. Pop boys. on the just going for a drive, boys. What have they got to say this week? Yeah, I loved it. That, I think that that rates as my top top drive. Wow. What about you? What do you got? I've probably got a similar setting. My drive was to dinner as well, but along the Great Ocean Road. A classic. Yeah, the the real. We were on a classic family holiday, and we took the skyline. Mm. So this is kind of what the car is made for. It's a GT car. It's kind of it's a bit of a longer wheelbase. Grand Tour. Grand Tour, which means Grand Tour just means you're just driving around, just going for a drive, but on a continent because you've got nothing to do because you're rich. Yeah, and fortunately we live on a continent. We've got space. Let's go on a Grand Tour. And the thing I did have to do was to yeah drive from uh, point uh, the, wherever we were driving along was my it was me and Mel and Charlie was about ten. We packed everything in, took the subwoofer out of the back, sadly, mm. so we could fit in suitcases and food and stuff. That's all right. I don't need the base for listening but it's to actually just going a, for a drive. You know, just to kind of to introduce the skyline again, great traveling car, huge boot space. Uh, mm. uh, you know, Charlie was comfortable in the back. The seats were nice. Yeah, And there we practical. are on the Great Ocean Road. Um, we needed to get to a certain town. I can't remember what it was but by uh, you know by say ugh, by eight, sundown by sundown by eight o'clock when everything bloody closed you know because it's mm. a these are seaside towns even during tourist time and the the important thing to kind of <laughs> the, the, the way this started was we were filling up at a, at a touristy petrol station and charlie remembers this bit because next to us was a canadian in a combi van who was about 20 and he was just thrilled to see a skyline he'd never seen one in real life and he was offering to come with us and could we you know could the girl could his girlfriend drive the combi and we'd follow us and he would have a shot and who he had momentarily forgot was there she was kind of waving but not smiling yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> you know what I mean. she looked like a ferrari driver but to the 
drive. And this is along similar geography to yourself. Yeah, it's it a was good road. Tall trees on each yeah. side, and so we were directly next to ocean, and it dipped in and out because you know not always the Great Ocean Road, and. The, the kind of the added element to this drive was that, yeah, the sun was going down and we were looking at the clock and we were getting just stuck behind someone. But the actual, the scenery of it and the, the beautiful curvy roads, it was sort of building. And at the time, I wasn't enjoying Windows myself. down or up? Not only windows down, but sunroof open. Oh, the skyline's great. got a sunroof. Yeah, yeah. You can actually stick your head right up out of it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> you get bugs on you. But as the sun was slowly going down and there's an element of tension here because things are closing. As far as we can tell on our, you know, 2G network phones <laughs> down in, down in Australia, Australian internet is terrible. Mm. Uh, everything was closing. We finally get into town and the pizza shop is closed. The chicken shop is closed. The pub's, you know, the pub's uh, kitchen is uh, closed. The only thing, finally we ask someone walking by, where's food? We need food. And it's it just happened to be the most expensive restaurant in town, but we <laughs> sure and but Needs by that must. stage desperate, and so we pulled up. There was the Rockstar Park right out the front. I had that great experience of like we get out, we stretch. The locals all all stare and go, "Cool car, man." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." Yeah, good. We can't start stop and chat. Good you push through the you push through the adoring fans. Kept my, kept my Ray Bans on and yeah, my, good. <laughs> my hand in the in the camera lens. And we just got into the restaurant and I remember sort of feeling, oh, we made it. It was welcoming. There was a table for us. And we sat down and Mel says to Charlie, you know what? Let's get dessert first. And she gave him Great her idea. jacket she's been wearing. She had a nice kind of blazer. And so I've got this lovely photo, always treasure, of him with a jacket on. He's just been sitting in the skyline yeah. <laughs> to make it relevant for the pod. And he's just enjoying this first mouthful of ice cream. And that was the end of the nicest drive I think I've ever had. Oh, I love that story. And I love particularly the ending where you've gone, you know what, let's have dessert first. It just goes to show, like, it's a good lesson for Charlie and everyone listening. You don't have to follow the rules. Just have what you want to have. If you want to have ice cream, have some ice cream. Make it special. Treat yourself. You you only get one life. Enjoy it. Do the enjoying thing now. Just go for a drive. You know what, we should just go for a drive. Let's just go for a drive. It's been a great, great chat. Great chat. Great drive.